irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Sapphire Planet. The Boeing 747 is a wide-body commercial airliner and cargo transport aircraft, often referred to by its original nickname, Jumbo Jet or Queen of the Skies. It is among the world's most recognizable aircraft and was the first wide-body produced. Manufactured by Boeing's commercial airplane unit in the United States, the original version of the 747 was two and a half times larger in capacity than the Boeing 707 one of the common large commercial aircrafts of the 1960s. First flown commercially in 1970, the 747 held the passenger capacity record for 37 years. The four-engine 747 used a double-deck configuration for part of its length. It is available in passenger, freighter, and other versions. Boeing designed the 747 hump-like upper deck to serve as a first-class lounge or extra seating and to allow the aircraft to be easily converted to a cargo carrier by removing seats and installing a front cargo door. Boeing did so because the company expected supersonic airliners development of which was announced in the early 1960s to render the 747 and other subsonic airlines obsolete, while the demand for subsonic cargo aircraft would be robust well into the future. The 747 was expected to become obsolete after 400 were sold, but it exceeded critics' expectations with the production passing the 1,000 mark 
1993. By April 2014, 1,487 aircraft had been built, with 51 of the 747-8 variants remaining on order. The 747-400, the most common passenger version in service, has a high subsonic cruise speed of Mach 0.85, up to 570 miles per hour, or 920 kilometers per hour, with an intercontinental range of 7,260 nautical miles, or 8,350 8, miles or 13,450 kilometers. The 747-400 passenger version can accommodate 416 passengers in a typical three-class layout, 524 passengers in a typical two-class layout, or 660 passengers in a high-density one-class configuration. The newest version of the aircraft, the 747-8, is in production and received certification in 2011. Deliveries of the 747-8F freighter versions to launch customer Cargolux began in October 2011. Deliveries of the 747 8i passenger version to Lufthansa began in May 2012. The 747 is to be replaced by the Boeing Y3 in the future. This is part of the Boeing Yellowstone project. In 1963, the United States Air Force started a series of study projects on a very large strategic transport aircraft. Although the C-141 Starlifter was being introduced, they believed that a much larger and much more capable aircraft was needed, especially the capability to carry outsized cargo that would not fit in any existing aircraft. These studies led to the initial requirements for the CH Heavy Logistics System, otherwise known as the CX-HLS, in March 1964, for an aircraft with a load capacity of 180,000 pounds and a speed of Mach 0.75, or 500 miles an hour, and an unrefueled range of 5,000 nautical miles, or 9,200 kilometers, with a payload of 115,000 pounds, or 52,000 kilograms. The payload bay had to be 17 feet wide by 13 feet high and 100 feet long, with access through doors at the front and rear. Featuring only four engines, the design also required new engine designs with greatly increased power and better fuel economy. 
On May 18, 1964, airframe proposals arrived from Boeing, Douglas, General Dynamics, Lockheed, and Martin Marinetta. While engine proposals were submitted by General Electric's, Curtis Wright and Pratt and Whitney. After a downselect, Boeing, Douglas, and Lockheed were given additional study contracts for the airframe, along with General Electric and Pratt and Whitney for the engines. All three of the airframe proposals shared a number of features, as it needed to be able to be loaded from front. A door had to be included where the cockpit usually was. All the companies solved the problem by moving the cockpit above the cargo area. Douglas had a small pod just forward and above the wing. Lockheed used a long spine running the length of the aircraft with the wing spar passing through it. While Boeing blended the two with a longer pod that ran from just behind the nose to just behind the wing. In 1965, Lockheed's aircraft design and General Electric's engine design were selected for the new C-5 Galaxy Transport, which was the largest military aircraft in the world at that time. The nose door and raised cockpit concepts would be carried over to the design of the 747. The 747 was conceived while air travel was increasing in the 1960s. The era of commercial jet transportation, led by the enormous popularity of the Boeing 707 and the Douglas DC-8, had revolutionized long-distance travel. Even before it lost the contract, Boeing was pressed by Juan Tripp, president of Pan Am World Airways, one of their most important airline customers, to build a passenger aircraft more than twice the size of the 707. During this time, airport congestion worsened by increasing numbers of passengers carried on relatively small aircraft, became a problem that Tripp thought could be addressed by a large new aircraft. In 1965, Joe Sutter, was transferred from Boeing's 737 development team to manage the design studies for a new airliner, already assigned the model number 747. Sutter initiated a design study with Pan Am and other airlines to better understand their requirements. At this time, it was widely thought that the 747 would eventually be superseded by supersonic transport aircraft. Boeing responded by designing the 747 so that it could be adapted easily to carry freight and remain in production even if sales of passenger versions declined. In the freight role, the clear need was to support the containerized shipping methodologies that were being widely introduced about that same time. Standard containers are eight feet square at the front, slightly higher due to the attachment points and available in 20 and 40 foot lengths. This meant that it would be possible to support a two wide, two high stack of containers, two or three ranks deep with the fuselage size similar to that of earlier airplanes on the drawing board. In April 1966, 
Pan Am ordered 25 747-100 aircraft for $525 million. During the ceremonial 747 contract signing banquet in Seattle on Boeing's 50th anniversary, Juan Tripp predicted that the 747 would be, quote, a great weapon for peace, competing with intercontinental missiles for mankind's destiny, unquote. As a launch customer, and because of its early involvement before placing a formal owner, order, Pan Am was able to influence the design and development of the 747 to an extent unmatched by a single airline before or since. Ultimately, the high-winged Boeing design was not used for the 747, although technologies developed it for their bid had an influence. The original design included a full-length double-deck fuselage with eight across seating and two aisles on the lower deck and seven across seating and two aisles on the upper deck. However, concern over evacuation routes and limited cargo carrying capabilities caused this idea to be scrapped in early 1966 in favor of a wider single-deck design. The cockpit was, therefore, placed on a shortened upper deck so that freight loading door could be included in the nose cone. This feature produced the 747's distinctive bulge. In the early models, it was not clear what to do with the small space in the pod behind the cockpit, and this was initially specified as a lounge area with no permanent seating. One of the principal technologies that enabled the aircraft as large as the 747 to be conceived was the high-bypass turbofan engine. The engine technology was thought to be capable of delivering double the power of the earlier turbojets while consuming a third less fuel. General Electric's had pioneered the concept and was committed to developing the engine for the C-5 Galaxy and did not enter the commercial market until later. Pratt & Whitney was also working on the same principle and by late 1966, Boeing, Pan Am, and Pratt & Whitney agreed to develop a new engine designated the JT-9D to power the 747. The project was designed with a new technology called fault tree analysis, which allowed the effects of a failure of a single part to be studied to determine its impact on the other systems. To address concerns about safety and flyability, the 747 design included structural redundancy, redundant hydraulic systems, quadruple mainline landing gear, and dual control surfaces. Additionally, some of the most advanced high-lift devices used in the industry were included in the new design to allow it to operate from existing airports. These included leading-edge flaps running almost the entire length of the wing, as well as complex three-part slotted flaps along the rear. The wing's complex three-part flaps increase wing area by as much as 21% and lift by an amazing 90% when fully deployed compared to their non-deployed configuration. 
Boeing agreed to deliver the first 747 to Pan Am by the end of 1969. The delivery date left 28 months to design the aircraft, which was two-thirds of the normal time. The schedule was so fast-paced that the people who worked on it were given the nickname The Incredibles. Developing the aircraft was such a technological and financial challenge that management was said to have bet the company when it started the project. As Boeing did not have a plant large enough to assemble the giant airliner, they chose to build a new plant. The company considered locations in about 50 cities and eventually decided to build the new plant some 30 miles north of Seattle on a site adjoining a military base at Payne Field near Everett, Washington. It bought the 780-acre site in June 1966. Developing the 747 had been a major challenge, and building it assembly plant was also a huge undertaking. Boeing President William M. Allen asked Malcolm T. Stamper, then head of the company's turbine division, to oversee construction of the Everett factory and to start production of the 747. To level the site, more than 4 million cubic yards of earth had to be moved. Time was so short that the 747's full-scale mock-up was built before the factory roof above it was finished. The plant was the largest building by volume ever built and has been substantially expanded several times to permit construction of other models of Boeing wide-body commercial jets. Before the first 747 was fully assembled, testing began on many components and systems. One important test involved the evacuation of 560 volunteers from a cabin mock-up via the aircraft's emergency chutes. The first full-scale evacuation took two and a half minutes instead of the maximum 90 seconds mandated by the FAA, and several volunteers were injured. Subsequent test evacuations achieved 90-second goal but caused more injuries. Most problematic was evacuation from the aircraft's upper deck. Instead of using a conventional slide, volunteer passengers escaped by using a harness attached to a reel. Tests also involved taxiing such a large aircraft. Boeing built an unusual training device known as the Waddles Wagon, named for a 747 test pilot, Jack Waddell that consisted of a mock-up cockpit mounted on the roof of a truck. While the first 747s were still being built, the device allowed pilots to practice taxi maneuvers from a high upper deck position. On September 30, 1968, the first 747 was rolled out of Everett Assembly Building before the world's press and representatives of 26 airlines that had ordered the airliner. Over the following months, preparations were made for the first flight, which took place on February 9, 1969, with test pilots Jack Waddell and Brian Roigel at the controls and Jess Wallach at the flight engineer station. Despite a minor problem with one of the flaps, 
the flight confirmed that the 747 handled extremely well. The 747 was found to be largely immune to Dutch roll, a phenomenon that had been a major hazard to the early swept-wing jets. During the later stages of the flight test program, flutter testing showed that the wings suffered oscillation under certain conditions. This difficulty was partly resolved by reducing the stiffness of some wing components. However, a particularly severe high-speed flutter problem was solved only by inserting depleted uranium counterweights as a ballast on the outboard engine nacelles of the early 747. This measure caused anxiety when these aircraft crashed, as did China Airlines Flight 358 at Wanli in 1991 and LL Flight 1862 at Amsterdam in 1992, which had 282 kilograms or 622 pounds of uranium in the tailplane. The flight test program was hampered by problems with the 747's JT9D engines from Pratt & Whitney. Difficulties include in engine stalls caused by rapid movements of the throttles and distortion of the turbine casings after short periods of service. The problem delayed 747 deliveries for several months and stranded up to 20 aircraft at the Everett plant while they awaited engine installation. The program was further delayed when one of the five test aircraft suffered serious damage during a landing attempt and Renton Municipal Airport, site of the company's Renton factory. On December 13, 1969, the test aircraft was being taken to have its test equipment removed and a cabin installed when pilot Ralph C. Coakley undershot the airport's short runway. The 747's right outer landing gear was torn off and two engine nacelles were damaged. However, these difficulties did not prevent Boeing from taking one of the test aircraft to the 28th annual Paris Air Show in mid-1969, where it was displayed to the great, uh, to the general public for the first time. The 747 achieved its FAA airworthiness certificate in December 1969 making it ready for introduction into service. The huge cost of developing the 747 and building the Everett factory meant that Boeing had to borrow heavily from a banking syndicate. During the final months before delivery of the first aircraft, the company had repeatedly requested additional funding to complete the project. Had this been refused, Boeing's survival would have been threatened. The company's debt exceeded $2 billion, with the $1.2 billion owed to the banks setting a record for all companies. Allen, the CEO, later said, It was really too large a project for us. Ultimately, the gamble succeeded, and Boeing held a monopoly in very large passenger aircraft and production for many years. On January 15, 1970, First Lady of the United States Pat Nixon christened Pan Am's first 747, Clipper Victor, at Dulles International Airport 
later known as Washington Dulles International Airport. In the presence of Pan Am Chairman Najib Halbi, instead of champagne, red, white, and blue water was sprayed on the aircraft. The 747 entered service on January 22, 1970, on Pan Am's New York-London route. The flight had been planned for the evening of January 21st, but engine overheating made the original aircraft unusable. Finding a substitute delayed the flight by more than six hours to the following day. The 747 enjoyed a fairly smooth introduction into service, overcoming concerns that some airports would not be able to accommodate an aircraft that large. Although technical problems did occur, they were relatively minor and quickly solved. After the aircraft's introduction with Pan Am, other airlines that had bought the 747 to stay competitive began to put their own 747s into service. Boeing estimated that half the early 747 sales were to airlines desiring the aircraft's long range rather than its payload capacity. While the 747 had the lowest potential operating cost per seat, this could only be achieved when operating the aircraft was fully loaded. Cost per seats increased rapidly as occupancy declined. A moderately loaded 747, one with only about 70% of its seats occupied, used more than 95% of the fuel needed by a fully occupied 747. The recession of 1969-1970 greatly affected Boeing. For the year and a half after September 1970, it sold only two 747s in the world. It did not sell any to an American carrier for almost three years. When economic problems in the United States and other countries after the 1973 oil crisis led to reduced passenger air traffic, several airlines found that they did not have enough passengers to fly the 747 economically, and they replaced them with the smaller and recently introduced McDonnell Douglas DC-10 and the Lockheed L-1011 TriStar jet widebodies. Having tried replacing coach seats on the 747 with piano bars in an attempt to attract more customers, American Airlines eventually regulated its 747s to cargo service and in 1983 exchanged them with Pan Am for smaller aircraft. Delta Airlines also removed its 747s from service after several years. Delta later reacquired 747s after it merged with Northwest Airlines. International flights that bypassed traditional hub airports and landed in smaller cities became more common throughout the 1980s, and this eroded the 747's original market. However, many international carriers continued to use the 747 on Pacific routes. In Japan, 747s on domestic routes are configured to carry close to the maximum passenger capacity. Then came the improved versions of the 747. 
After the initial 747-100 model, Boeing developed the 100B, a higher maximum takeoff weight variant, and the 100SR, or short range, with higher passenger capacity. Increased maximum takeoff weight allowed aircraft to carry more fuel and to have longer range. Then the 200 model followed in 1971, featuring more powerful engines and a higher maximum takeoff weight. Passenger, freighter, and combination passenger-freighter versions of the 200 were produced. The shortened 747SP, or Special Performance, with a longer range was also developed and entered service in 1976. The 747 line was further developed with the launch of the 747-300 in 1980. The 300 series resulted from Boeing studies to increase the seating capacity of the 747, during which modifications such as fuselage plugs and extending the upper deck over the entire length of the fuselage were rejected. The first 747-300, completed in 1983, included a stretched upper deck, increased cruise speed, and increased seating capacity. The 300 variant was previously designated 747-SUD for stretched upper deck, then 747-200-SUD followed by 747-EUD before the 747-300 designation was ultimately used in its place. Passenger short-range and combination freighter-passenger versions of the 300 series were also produced. In 1985, development of the longer-range 747-400 began. The variant had a new glass cockpit, which allowed for a cockpit crew of two instead of three. New engines, lighter construction materials, and redesigned interior Development costs soared and production delays occurred as new technologies were incorporated at the request of airlines. Insufficient workforce experience and reliance on overtime contributed to early production problems on the 747-400. Finally, the 400 series entered service in 1989. In 1991, a record-breaking 1,087 passengers were airlifted aboard a 747 to Israel as part of Operation Solomon. The 747 reminded, remained the heaviest commercial aircraft in regular service until the debut of the Antonov AN-24 Russian in 1982 debuted Variants of the 747-400 were surpassed the AN-124's weight in 2000. The Antonov and AN-225 Myria cargo, cargo transport, which debuted in 1988, remains the world's largest aircraft by several measures, including the most accepted measure of maximum takeoff weight and length. One aircraft has been completed 
and it's in service as of 2012. The Hughes H-4 Hercules is the largest aircraft by wingspan, but it has only completed a single flight. Since the arrival of the 747-400, several stretching schemes for the 747s have been proposed. Boeing announced the larger 747-500X and 600X preliminary designs in 1996. The new variants would have cost more than $5 billion to develop, and interest was not sufficient to launch the program. In 2000, Boeing offered the more modest 747X and 747X stretch derivatives as alternatives to the Airbus A3XX. However, the 747X family was unable to attract enough interest to enter production. A year later, Boeing switched from the 747X studies to pursue the Sonic Cruiser, and after the Sonic Cruiser program was put on hold, the 787 Dreamliner. Some of the ideas developed for the 747X were used on the 747-400ER, a longer-range variant of the 747-400. After several variants were proposed, but later abandoned, some industry observers became skeptical of new aircraft proposals from Boeing. However, in early 2004, Boeing announced tentative plans for the 747 Advanced that were eventually adopted. Similar in nature to the 747X, the Stretch 747 Advanced used technology from the 787 to modernize the design in its system. The 747 remained the largest passenger airline in service until the Airbus A380 began service in 2007. On November 14, 2005, Boeing announced it was launching the 747 Advanced as the Boeing 747-8. The last 747-400s were completed in 2009. As of 2011, most orders of the 747-8 have been for the freight variant. On February 8, 2010, the 747-8 freighter made its maiden flight. The first scheduled delivery of the 747-8 went to Cargo Lux in 2011. Eventually, the 747 may be replaced in Boeing's lineup by a new design named Y3. The Boeing 747 is a large, wide-body, two-aisle airliner with four wing-mounted operated engines. The wings have a high sweep angle of 37.5 degrees for a fast, efficient cruise of Mach 0.84 to 0.88, depending on the variant. The sweep also reduces the wingspan allowing the 747 to use existing hangars. Seating capacity is more than 366 with a 343 seat arrangement, a cross-section of three seats, an aisle, four seats, another aisle, and three seats in economy, and a 232 arrangement 
and first class on the main deck. The upper deck has a 3-3 seat arrangement in economy class and a 2-2 arrangement in first class. Raised above the main deck, the cockpit creates a hump. The raised cockpit allows the front loading of cargo on freight variants. The upper deck behind the cockpit provides space for a lounge or extra seating. The stretched upper deck became available as an option on the 747's 100B variant and later as standard on the 747 300s. The 747 cockpit roof section also has an escape hatch from which the crew can exit in the event of emergency if they cannot exit through the cabin. The 747 has multiple structural redundancies, including four redundant hydraulic systems, four main landing gears with four wheels each, which provide a good spread of support on the ground and safety in case of a tire blowout. The redundant main gear allows for landing on two opposing landing gears if the others do not function properly. In addition, the 747 has split control surfaces and was designed with sophisticated triple-slotted flaps to minimize landing speeds and allow the 747 to use standard length runways. For transportation, spare engines, 747s can accommodate a non-functioning fifth pod engine under the port wing of the aircraft between the inner function engine and the fuselage. Very interesting. The 747 was the original variant launched in 1966. The 747-200 soon followed with its launch in 1968. The 747-300 was launched in 1980 and was followed by the 747-400 in 1985. Ultimately, the 747-8 was announced in 2005. Several versions of each variant have been produced and many of the early variants were in production simultaneously. The International Civilian Aviation Organization classifies variants using a shortened code formed by combining the model number with the variant designator. The first 747-100s were built with six upper deck windows, three per side, to accommodate the upstairs lounge areas. Later, as airlines began to use the upper deck for premium passenger seating instead of lounge space, Boeing offered a 10-window upper deck as an option. Some early 100s were retrofitted with a new configuration. The 100s was equipped with a Pratt & Whitney JT9D3A engine. No freighter versions were built of this model, but many 747-100s have been converted into a freighter later into life. A total of 167 747-100s were built. Responding to the request from Japanese airlines for high-capacity aircraft to serve domestic routes between major cities, Boeing developed the 747-SR as a short-range variant of the 747-100 with lower fuel capacity and greater payload capability. With increased economy class seating up to 
498 passengers could be carried in earlier versions, more, more than 550 in later models. The 747SR had an economic design life objective of 52,000 flights during 20 years of airline operation, compared to only 24,600 flights in 20 years for the standard 747. The initial 747SR model, the 100SR, had a strengthened body structure and landing gears to accommodate the added stress accumulated from greater number of takeoffs and landings. Extra structural supports were built into the wings, fuselage, and landing gear, along with a 20% reduction in fuel capacity. The initial order for the 100SR, four aircraft from Japan, Japan Airlines, or later known as JAL, was announced on October 30, 1972. Rollout occurred on August 3, 1973, and the first flight took place on August 31, 1973. The type was certified by the FAA on September 26, 1973, with the first delivery on the same day. The 100SR entered service with JAL, the type's sole customer, on October 7, 1973, and typically operated Japanese domestic flights. Seven 100SRs were built from 1973 to 1975, each with half a million pound takeoff ability and Pratt & Whitney JT9D7A engines with 43,000 pounds of thrust. Following the 100SRs, Boeing produced the 100BSRs, a 747SR variant with increased takeoff weight capability. Debuting in 1978, the 100BSRs also incorporated structural modifications for high cycle to flying hour ratio. The 747-400 was an improved model with an increased range. Its wingtip extended extensions of 6 feet and winglets of 6 feet, which improved the type's fuel efficiency by 4% compared to the previous 747 versions. The 747-400 introduced a new glass cockpit design for a flight crew of two instead of three with a reduction in the number of dials, gauges, and knobs from 971 to 365 through the use of electronics. The type also featured tail fuel tanks, revised engines, and new interior. The longer range has been used by some airlines to bypass traditional fuel stops, such as Anchorage, Alaska. The passenger version first entered service in February 1989 with launch customer Northwest Airlines on the Minneapolis to Phoenix route. A combination version entered service in 1989 with KLM, while the freighter version entered service in 1993 with CargoLux. The 747-400ERF 
entered service with, the Air, with Air France on October 2002, while the 747-400ER entered service with Qantas, its sole customer, in November 2002. In January 2004, Boeing and Cathay Pacific launched the Boeing 747-400 Special Freighter Program, later referred as the Boeing Converted Freighter to modify passenger 747s-400s for cargo use only. The 747-400 Dreamlifter, originally called the 747 Large Cargo Freighter or LCF, is a Boeing design modification of the existing 747-400s to a configuration to ferry 787 Dreamliner subassemblies Evergreen Aviation Technology Corporation of Taiwan was contracted to complete modifications of 747-400s into Dreamlifters. The aircraft first flew in September of 2006 for a test flight. Modifications of four aircraft was completed by February 2010. The Dreamlifters have been placed in the service transporting sub-assemblies for the 787 program to the Boeing plant in Everett, Washington, for final assembly. The aircraft is certified to carry only essential crew and no passengers. Boeing announced a new 747 variant, the 747-8, on November 14, 2005. Referred to as the 747 Advanced prior to its launch, the 747-8 uses the same engines and cockpit technology as the 787, hence the use of the 8. The variant is designed to be quieter, more economical, and more environmental-friendly. The 747-8's fuselage is lengthened from 232 to 251 feet, marking the first stretch variant of the aircraft. Power is supplied by General Electric GE Next TB67 engines. The 747-8 freighter, or 747-8F, is derived from the 747-400 ERF, the variant has 16% more physical payload capacity than its predecessor, allowing it to carry seven additional standard air cargo containers with a maximum payload capacity of 154 tons of cargo. As on previous 747 freighters, the 747-8F features an overhead nose door and side door on the main deck plus a side door on the lower deck, or the belly, to aid in loading and unloading. The 747-8F made its maiden flight on February 8, 2010. The variant received its amended type certificate jointly from the FAA and the European Aviation Safety Agency on August 19, 2011. The first 8F was delivered to Cargo Lux on October 12, 2011. 
the passenger version named 747-8 Intercontinental or 747-81 is designed to carry up to 467 passengers in a three-class configuration and more than 8,000 nautical miles at Mach 0.855. A derivative of the already common 747-400, the 747-8 has the economic benefit of similar training and interchangeable parts. The type's first test flight occurred on March 20, 2011. At its introduction, the 747-8 surpassed the Airbus A340-600 as the world's largest airliner. The first Dash 8i was delivered on May 2012 to Lufthansa. The 747-8 has received 120 total orders, including 69 for the 8F and 51 for the 8i as of the end of May 2014. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet? Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.